This episode is brought to you by Mike Up Podcast Productions. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner or somebody that's wanted to start a podcast for a while, but you don't know where to start? You're busy. Your team's busy. It seems overwhelming. Well, we got you covered. Or perhaps you may have a podcast. You've started it. You underestimated the amount of work. And look, you don't want to deal with all the BS. We got you covered as well. So we either help you launch a show or take over your current show and help you really get your message to more people, help you amplify your brand, help you amplify your message. Most importantly, help you cultivate and build amazing relationships. So we do all that through podcasting. We do complete end-to-end podcast production service audio, video, all of it, so that you have a highly produced episode and you don't have to worry about it. Let people that know what they're doing take care of things that you don't want to deal with. And let me, like I know, your team's busy. People people have a lot to do. And the last thing you need is another project. So if you're interested, you want to start a podcast, we have a few spots that are opening up. Hit me up, DM on Instagram, Follow me on lance.ecos, reply with in my DMs podcast, and then we can set up a time with my team and we can have a chat, qualify you and find out your goals and see if we're a good fit. Simple as that. All right. Mic up podcast productions. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Today's guest is the co-founder of the Levco Institute, a San Francisco Bay Area firm whose mission is to significantly improve the quality of life on the planet. Shelly Levco has helped thousands of clients worldwide recreate their lives by ridding themselves of a wide variety of problems, including phobias, relationships that never seem to work, violence, procrastination, unwillingness to confront people, health and wellness issues, and sexual dysfunction. Her clients have eliminated emotional patterns such as fear, hostility, shyness, anxiety, depression, worry about the people, worrying about what people think of them, and a negative sense of themselves. Her program has reached over 150,000 people worldwide. Her work has been featured on the Today Show, Lisa, and many other media outlets. Shelly is an international keynote speaker and a workshop leader. Her personal vision is to transform the way people parent. She believes that if we raise a conscious generation of children, violence will end. People will treat others with respect and dignity, and life on this planet will be better for everybody. This was such a fun conversation and it went a lot different than I expected. And I was so grateful for it because Shelly is awesome. And the work that she does is so interesting and it really allowed me to think differently. And we really, to simplify this, we talk about beliefs. We talk about what beliefs are, what stops people from changing beliefs in their mind, what keeps people stuck, all of it. It's a really, really great episode. So I highly recommend listening to this to the end because it's a lot different than what most people say. So I really always encourage everybody to think differently, create critical thinking amongst everything. You know, we have a lot of people on this show and they there's a lot of things that I've had to think about and rethink about as far as my opinion on what I believe is true. And it's always interesting to hear a different perspective. And that's why humans are so interesting. And Shelly really broke down a di- you know, different way of thinking, which I'm fascinated by. So highly recommend listening to this. If you guys do get value from this, leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. And if you aren't already subscribed to the podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening to this or follow on Spotify 
And if you are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe and the bell to stay on top of it. And we would love to hear your comments and if you got anything out of it. All right. Enjoy the episode. Shelly Lefko coming right up. And here we go. Shelly, welcome to University of Adversity. Thanks, Lance. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because the work that you do, the work that I do, I just feel is so important right now in the world that we're in. And, you know, I'm always so fascinated by learning about other people and how they've been able to navigate through this world and how they're able to help people get through the struggles and the challenges they're facing. And obviously being adversity, it's a, it's a big thing and we all go through it. So I'm, I'm really excited to kind of unpack your method and, you know, how you got to this place. So I was curious, you know, with this, this journey, how, how did you get into all this stuff? Like, where did that begin and why are you so passionate about it? Mm, great. So <clears throat> my husband was on, my late husband was on a, what he used to call a spiritual intellectual journey to find out why people know what to do and don't do it. He was a successful consultant. He would go into companies. They would say, oh my God, this is brilliant. We love it. Pay him a lot of money. And then he'd call six months down the road and say, well, how's it all working out? And they said, well, we didn't implement it. And then he said, you know, people know if they eat healthily and they exercise, they're going to be, they're going to live longer. They're going to feel better, but they don't do it. Mm. We know going into relationships that they're not right for us. And yet we go in and stay in. So he was on a plane going to Chicago. He was also looking at what was it? There were things were supposed to turn out in his life and then didn't turn out. And it happened over and over and over. So he started journaling on the plane. And at the end of the plane ride, he was going to get a contract to help people with self-esteem for this company. The state of California was giving them a grant to get people off welfare. And he pitched them to hire us. And what happened was he did this, he channeled this process and he realized on the plane that it is people's, now this was 30 years ago, Lance, where people, I would say, you know, I help people eliminate beliefs and they'd say, well, what do you mean beliefs? Like religious beliefs? Mm -hmm. They had no idea what I meant. Now, everybody's talking about beliefs because people know that it's very difficult to make change if you don't eliminate your beliefs. So he downloaded this process and he realized that underlying every pattern of behavior that people have and emotions, anxiety, depression, procrastination, fear of public speaking, relationship issues are beliefs, unconscious beliefs, mostly unconscious beliefs that totally determine our behavior, our emotions, and ultimately our reality. So he went and he did this process with the people. He actually did it on them got the thing, they were supposed to see five other people. He got the contract, came home and did it on a friend of ours who her pattern was that she kept meeting unavailable men and she wanted to get married, but it wasn't happening. And he started asking her what her beliefs were. And she said, well, you know, if you get married, you have to give up your independence and marriage is suffocating and men can't be trusted. And I'm sitting there watching this going, oh, Interesting that she doesn't have a relationship. Well, I watch him do the process. And at the end, it was like a lightning bolt hit me. And, you know, I'm from New York. I'm not like a woo-woo kind of person. I mean, I love personal growth and spirituality, but I'm not woo-woo. A lightning bolt hit me. And I said, that is what I am here on this earth to do. Mm. I, it was like, Oh my God. And that was 30 years ago. And I've been doing it pretty much every day of my life. Mm. Since. In fact, I'm doing a lot of other projects now. I'm writing a book about entrepreneurs and someone who's helping me put together this project, you know, but I keep going, but you have to do sessions. And he goes like this. He says, it's my heroin, my, my crack addiction mm. is sessions. Because when people really eliminate beliefs 
And I don't mean bust them, bang them, hit them. I mean, eliminate them permanently gone for good. The freedom that people have is, it's stunning. So that's how I got into it. And why I'm passionate about it is because people have freedom. And I, I recently, in the last few years, kind of put something together where I realized that most people live at the effect of their circumstances, right? If circumstances are good, they're happy. If they're not, they're not. You go to college, you major in something, you get a job, you're in your job, you just in your job, you come home, you meet somebody, you go on a date, you have a good time, you have sex, sex is good. Next thing you know, you're in a relationship. And I, I talk about having an intentional life. And I know that a lot of your listeners are young. And this is a great conversation because you want to look at all the different areas in your life and become intentional about it and actually look at what do I want in a relationship? What are the qualities I want in a man or a woman? What, what's important to me? What are my values? And what am I willing to do without? You know, mm. what kind of, what do I want to get out of bed every day and do that juices me, that lights me up and be intentional? And then what you're going to find is that there are beliefs in the way of you being, doing, and having those things. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because the beliefs can be so deep-rooted. And we go into trauma a lot, a lot of conversations around trauma. And I was curious as to if somebody's experienced deep trauma that have developed these beliefs that are very strong, which leads to most times addiction and that kind of stuff. I would love to know, like, what's, how do you, how do you work through those different layers? Because some are probably a story that's not as deep, but some it's, it's a deeper layer than, than, than others, right? It goes super deep into this like deep trauma or even generational trauma. Like, I'm curious as to like how you unpack that and move through people that have experienced that deep level of trauma. So can I, I'm going to challenge your assumptions. Is that okay? Sure. Awesome. So beliefs, first of all, mm -hmm. are a statement about reality that you believe is the truth. Mm -hmm. So it's like being pregnant. You either is or you ain't. That's what right. a belief is, right? Yeah. Now, contrary to popular thought, beliefs are in your mind. They're not deep. They're not deep rooted. They're not deeper than other beliefs. They're just beliefs. So my favorite population to work with, if I only had one in the world, it would be sexual abuse survivors, incest survivors, rape survivors, because in one, I just worked with a young woman in college. She was date raped. Her face was so full of pain. And it was interesting because her mom is my client and she sent her to me for a completely different reason. And I got on and I looked at her and I said, sweetie, what's wrong? And she said, I was date raped. And I said, oh my God. And she goes, but my mother doesn't know. And I said, okay. Now the beliefs underlying that pattern, and this is just a metaphor. So you could, could be anything. I'm damaged goods. I'm worthless. I'm powerless. It's my fault, right? In one session, so first session, we generally get rid of one or two beliefs. In a second session, we could do more, three, four, five, depending on how people work. She got rid of the belief I'm damaged goods and I'm worthless. And it was my fault. And at the end of the session, her face was lit. I mean, it was stunning. And here's the thing. Incest survivors have those beliefs. And when they get rid of them, and, and I'll talk about my process a little bit and why it's very different, you know, burn, writing something on a paper and burning it or standing in front of a mirror doing affirmations. In my experience with people, doesn't usually get rid of beliefs permanently. And I'll tell you why. 
so when I work with people who are trying, I worked with this guy who had serious trauma. His parents were in a cult and real trauma. And after we had, I can't remember how many sessions, he said to me, can I still do my primal screaming? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you feel the need to do that? Because if you enjoy it, knock yourself out, you know, do it. But do you feel the need to? And he said, not really. And I said, okay. I said, let's sit with the possibility that you weren't traumatized. You were trying, what happens to you was traumatic when it's happening. When you walk away, let's assume you were, something terrible happened to you in your childhood. It's terrible when it's happening. I'm not minimizing it. But when you walk away, if you said, oh my God, that was horrible. I hope I never have to live through anything like that again. It would not impact your life. What impacts your life is what you conclude about what happened. The meaning you give to it. Meaning you give. So <laughs> that was great. So I'm going to go out there. Okay. Please do. I love okay. this. Please okay, do. Good. good. I'm going to go out there. So beliefs get formed in the past. Meaning gets formed in the present. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something happens and you give it, you know, somebody doesn't call you back and, oh, they don't like me. They don't want to go out with me. Right. Your boss walks in and looks at you cockeyed or your employee wants it, quits and, you know, you go, oh God, I'm a terrible boss or I'm going to starve, whatever meaning you give. Right. The meaning you give events mostly comes from your beliefs. So when you get rid of your beliefs, Something simple. You have a belief dogs are dangerous. Dog comes into the room. You give it the meaning that dog's going to hurt me. You feel fear. So all of your emotions come from the meaning you give events. Okay. Now get rid of beliefs. You won't give that meaning. You won't have that emotion. Now I can teach you if we have time, a way to get rid of negative emotions in one minute. And I could, that'll be like a giveaway. But if you get rid of your beliefs, you don't have to do that. Now, here's where I said I'm going to go out there. So I'm going to ask all your listeners, if you're in a room and somebody you know comes in and doesn't speak to you, what might you automatically think? So just tell me something. Well, if I would think, what's your problem? Why aren't you talking to me? (laughs) Or why aren't you saying hello? They it depends if there's anybody in the room. If I'm by myself and they're walking in, they don't say anything. I'm going to be like, what's your problem? Right. But, but, yeah. But, so the meaning would be they have a problem. Yeah. Or something right? like that. Yeah. Or they're rude or they didn't see me or they don't like me or they're mad at me or they're distracted. Right. Where does all of that meaning come from? That I'm giving that situation probably from the past, something that. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Where does the meaning come from? So I said, if somebody comes in a room, what do you think? And you said, I think they have a problem. Where did that meaning come from? Where do you think from? Mm. Where does thinking take place? You're overthinking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the meaning would come from, I guess, how I'm feeling in that moment. Nope. Okay. It comes from your mind. Oh, from my mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, overanalyzing. That's what I said. I said, I said you're overanalyzing it. Yeah. <laughs> I tend meaning, to do that. Right. Meaning <laughs> comes from your mind. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somebody cuts you off on the highway, you go, asshole. Yeah. That was your thought. You're an asshole, right? Right. So the meaning comes from your mind. All meaning comes from your mind. And of course, you're right. Meaning comes from beliefs. You know, the meaning you give is determined. But the meaning itself is in your mind. If meaning is in your mind, do events have inherent meaning? No. No. So events have no meaning. Now I'm going to explain that. It's not that they don't matter. It's not that it's not a big deal. My husband died. He was an 
angel. He was an extraordinary father, husband, amazing human being. I miss him every day. But the fact that he died does not mean I'll never be happy again. I'll never love again. I'm going to starve to death. When he died, Lance, I did not know the difference between a PL and a balance sheet. I never wanted to run a business. I owned a business for 30 years. I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> but I have not, not interested in running a business. I do the sessions, I speak all over, but that's not my wheelhouse. So now my husband dies and I give it the meaning, oh God, I'm gonna to starve to death. My business is gonna go under. I'm gonna be miserable for the rest of my life. So I'll, I'll, I'll show you a process in a minute. But none of those meanings were inherent in his death. I had the best year in business I've had in 20 years this year. I learned how to run. I mean, I still don't know how to run, but I'm doing it somehow for six years. 9-11 has no meaning. And another way of saying that is you don't know anything for sure because something happens. Mm right? Mm -hmm. And it is the meaning we give events that cause all our suffering. Mm, yeah. And if you can get that the meaning is in your mind, it's not in the event. So the, the little tool is anytime you have a negative emotion, stop and ask yourself what just happened. I told you about my, the podcast. I was, I was supposed to be on a very, very big podcast. And I thought he texted me and said, I didn't get it. I didn't record right. And I started going down the, the rabbit hole of like, oh my God, this is a travesty. I've been looking forward to this for three months, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I said, stop, what happened? He said he didn't get the recording. What meaning did I give it? I'm never gonna be on his podcast or what else could it mean? We'll do it better next time. Mm. You know, maybe, you know, it, it was meant to be, but mm. the fact that and maybe he actually didn't lose it. So the fact that this happened has no inherent meaning. I don't know anything for sure because it happened. And he called an hour later and he said, I got it, it's fine. So I saved myself an hour of aggravation. And you can do that with anything. Okay, this is very interesting. So let me right. just let me just kind of like walk through and let me see if I'm understanding. So a situation that arises in the present moment, it doesn't have a meaning. The only meaning it has is what I give it. No, to you. So everybody does that. Yeah, because it's it, my it, reality. But it still has no meaning. Yeah, it it's just it is. It it's whether it's good or bad is your choice as to what that is. Yeah, but but you said something that I just want to clear up. Yeah. You said the event something happens, an event, even a thought is an event. Yeah. But something happens. Your plane is delayed. Your whatever. Yeah. You get fired. The fact that it happened has no inherent meaning. There's no meaning in the event. So even after you give it meaning, it may mean that to you, but it still has no meaning, the event. How, okay, how do you help people that constantly give things meaning of negativity or it's always doom and gloom? Like, how do you help people from that? Again, there's two separate things and I don't usually do this in a podcast because it could get confusing, <laughs> but I'm doing it because there was something I connected to you at the beginning that you want to go deep. So this is like the whole picture. So what I do with clients is I help them eliminate the beliefs that have them be gloom and doom. So if you believe mm. I'll never get what I want, life is hard. You have to work hard to get what you want. I'm not lovable. Now, the single number one belief that in 30 years, I don't know that I've ever had a client who didn't have it. And I work with pretty successful people sometimes and famous people and not famous people. I'm not good enough. So I'm going to give your listeners something. If you'd like me to, I'd give them a, a gift, which is the ability to eliminate a belief for free. And there's three of the most common beliefs. And you can actually go through the process. 
and I'm going to explain in a minute, I think, I'm, why beliefs stay with us and why it's so hard to get rid of them. So if you get rid of the beliefs, you won't have gloom and doom. You won't have to worry about meaning. You'll just get up in the morning. I recently worked with somebody who had anxiety, she filled with anxiety, got up every morning anxious. After she eliminated all her beliefs, she gets into a session and she says to me, it's 37 days and I still haven't felt anxiety. He said, when are you going to stop looking for it? You know, at what point are you going to say, oh, it's gone. And we laughed and that was it. Number one. Number two, we have a course. It's called the Occurring Course. It's 10 weeks and we train people. And it's intense. You have to do feed, you have to give us feedback. We give you feedback every single day, but you have to do three exercises every day where you find yourself giving meaning. And we give you like seven different tools to use. So by the 10th session, Lance, people are like gurus. Like they just don't give. So there's a difference between not giving meaning and dissolving meaning. It's much easier to dissolve meaning than not give meaning to begin with because our minds go so fast, but they, they, a lot of them could just, my husband, we'd love, we led the course now 27 times. My husband didn't give anything meaning. We never fought. We never act. He was just, just didn't. And that doesn't mean he wasn't passionate and he didn't care about things, but he learned how to not give meaning. And the one thing people might be listening and saying, well, if you don't give anything meaning, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Because you have preferences because you have things that, that juice you. You have things that you love and things that you don't. You do things that work and you do things that don't work. There's no such thing as good and bad and right and wrong. That's a, those are judgments, they're assessments. So instead of asking, is it good? Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? You know, Do you like me? Don't you like me? What I wanna know is, did this podcast make a difference in your life? Do you think it impacted your listeners? That's what makes me happy. I don't know if it was good, if it was bad. You want to know what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I love it because this is, I like challenging people to think about things. And would you say then that that is just being like ultimately present? Because the thing that's happening if you are fully present, you're not living in the past or the future. You're, you're, it just is. Would you say that is really the ultimate what it is actually? Is it being fully present in the situation? Because that's what it feels like to me. It's, that's beautiful. I love that. I have to think about it. I would say the ultimate is to be free to be your authentic self and not be a victim. Most people live lives as victims. She did it yeah. to me, he did it to me, they did it to me, the economy did it to me, COVID did it to me. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, I can't go to the gym. I believe, so I believe exercise keeps you young, fit, and healthy. And I personally don't want to be here if I'm not young, fit, and healthy. <laughs> So I go to the gym six days a week, right? Now COVID comes. Oh my God. I hate working out at home. I hate it. Same. You can't see my gym, but I have my weights, my mat, my balls, my bands. I have every video imaginable, but I know I am a social human being, right? Very important to me. My, my friends are my life. So I hiked. Now I'm blessed. I live in Northern California. And so three days, four days a week, we would go out after work and hike, or I get up in the morning with a friend and go for a hike. I made sure that I did that because it's consistent with my beliefs. Now, when I got rid of the belief, what makes me good enough is, and I'm going to go back to your present because I love that. What makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. That is a very common belief, right? It's why we don't pull the trigger. It's why we you know, create things and don't pull the trigger or we procrastinate or we raise our kids. Yeah, stop it, stop it right now. 
when you're in public, you throw your own child under the bus because you're worried about what strangers that you'll never see again are gonna think of you. It is a very common belief, okay? It's, uh, it's the biggest belief that underlies fear of public speaking. So I work with people who have fear of public speaking when a C-level person comes in the room. And then my next call is with a C-level person who is speaking to his 1500 employees and is terrified because everybody's worried about what people are gonna think, right? When I got rid of that belief, I call it my Martin Luther King Jr. moment because I was free at last. I was free to speak in Croatia in front of 600 people. They're gonna like me, they're not gonna like me. And it's not that I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't care. It, it's, I may care, I may not care, but it no longer defines me. It no longer means anything about me. Mm. So, so you become authentic. And I think the more authentic you are, the more present you can be. And I love that. That's a great distinction. Because if I can just be me, I don't have to worry about the future about, oh, you're going to like me, you're going to invite me back, or you're going to promote me, or, blah, blah, or the past of like, well, that one didn't like me, and maybe he won't like, I'm just me. I'm just uh -huh. present with you without all that stuff going on. So yes, I think that's accurate. And the, and the not giving meaning makes you present because mm. you have to be conscious and aware of, oh, I just had a feeling I'm disappointed or I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm feeling alone. What just happened before I had that feeling? And it makes you be present. So I love that. That's that's a great distinction. Yeah, that's yeah. It just feels it feels that's what it is because it's also the ultimate peace and an acceptance when you're present. It's like there's no there's no stress of a story that's being created. It's you just being there, and you're 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 accepting it, and. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for people to understand that because it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in creating all of this, these scenarios and giving meaning to things and then, you know, gripping things so tight and and just like getting wrapped up in this thing and allowing it to completely ruin their day. Do you know what I hear? all the time, and, and I'm so attuned to it now because it's so common. Oh, my, well, my job is really stressful or my marriage is really stressful or I, I'm just really stressed. And they say it, Lance, like the thing is stressful, right? My job, it, nothing is inherently stressful, stress, comes from the meaning you're yeah. so it, that's if, powerful that's it's so true that's so powerful you know like when yeah. you sit with that and think about that it is it, it, it is very true if you believe i'm going to tell you two of the most common beliefs that people will sit there and go well, i don't believe that and i'll bet you and i'll show you that you do believe it so we've all read the business books fail forward we've all read the quotes Michael Jordan, you know, I was cut from my high school basketball team when I was a sophomore and I learned and learned and learned and practiced until I got back on the team. Richard Branson says, if you're not failing a lot, you're going to be mediocre because you're doing what you did yesterday. You're never going to be successful. You have to fail in order to be innovative. And yet, and I'll tell you why, because we haven't gotten to my process yet. Mistakes and failures are bad. And if I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. Okay. Mm. I'm giving you the five most common beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not important. Mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. And what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me or, and what makes me good enough are my achievements. Mm. That's what workaholism is, by the way. Oh, I want to talk about, remind me, just core beliefs and self-esteem beliefs, okay? So, so stress, 
if you have a project due and there's a deadline and you give it the meaning, if I don't meet this deadline, something terrible is going to happen. I'm going to lose my job or whatever. You're going to feel stressed. If you get give it the meaning, I usually get things done and I'll do my best and I either will or I won't. But if I don't, usually the world will not stop turning on its axis, right? Um, no matter what it is. I mean, you could take this to the extreme. I once said to somebody, or I always say, is there a threat to your survival if you lose your job? And they said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, really, you're going to be homeless? And they go, well, no. I said, well, there's no, and even if you're homeless, there's no threat to your survival. Underlying fear is always a real or imagined threat to your survival. So I do uh, a process, a little stimulus process where I can decondition fear of anything. Underneath anger is always, and no matter what anybody tells you, this is true, and, and I'll show you why, because I can always back up everything I say. Underlying anger is powerlessness. Because if you could do something about it, you wouldn't get angry, you would just do it. You get angry because you feel powerless. Hmm. And that comes from beliefs. So with stress, anytime you feel stress, you stop and ask yourself, what just happened? What meaning did I give it? Come up with one other meaning and then just get that the event has no meaning. But again, if you get rid of your beliefs that mistakes and failures are bad, you won't feel the stress. You won't have to do the no meaning process. So there's two things I want to tell you that are really important pieces of this. I'm going to tell you why your beliefs stay with you through 15 years of therapy. Okay, and why they go away when I work with you. <clears throat> but first, let me tell you two kinds of beliefs. Core beliefs. You come into this world, you don't know anything about yourself. You don't know if you're good enough or not good enough, smart or not smart, important or not important. You look at your parents, they go, they criticize you, you conclude I'm not good enough. They ignore you. They work all the time. They look at their phone when they talk to you. You, we didn't have cell phones growing up, but reading a newspaper while they're talking to you. The good old days. <laughs> the good old days. And for those of you who are young and have young children, do not, listen to me, do not, do not, do not look at your cell phone while your child is talking to you because they will conclude, I'm not important and what I have to say is not important. Okay, not, you don't want them to have those beliefs. We didn't even talk about how beliefs manifest, but what kind of wine, yeah, that in. So now you have these beliefs, right? I'm not good enough. I'm not important. Now you got to go through life. One day you get acknowledged for something. Usually it's achievements, scoring goals, getting A's. And you say, and then you feel good. And you go, oh, I see what makes me good enough is achieving things. Now I have a beach ball called I'm not good enough, or I'm not important. Now I have what we call a survival strategy belief. What makes me good enough is achieving things. So now I'm gonna hold a beach ball underwater. But every time I stop achieving or they hire somebody younger to replace me or my company is not doing well, I had a bad quarter, all of a sudden, in I don't know if this is video, but I have my fist in front of my face. Yeah, it's and video. Something, it's video. Okay, good. So, so I'm pushing down this belief I'm not good enough. That's what workaholism is. I ha it's like a heroin addiction. I have to keep achieving and achieving and achieving and telling everybody how great I am and how much money I have because if I don't, I'm not good enough and I'm not important or right in my face. And they don't work because they're exhausting and they're driven right? It's not a choice. I want to be, I want to have a million clients because I want to impact people. I want to get my work out into the world because it makes a difference. It doesn't mean anything about me. My husband didn't care if anybody knew his name, okay? Because we don't have those beliefs. 
the same thing with what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. As long as people think well of you, the beach ball stays underwater. So there's core beliefs and there's survival strategy beliefs. Core beliefs drive how you feel about yourself. Survival strategies drive your behavior. Now, this is not going to be powerful talking about it. But when you do it, it is extraordinarily powerful. You ready? Yeah. Our, okay, good. Our beliefs stay with us because we think we saw them in the world. You cannot, double negative, let me say it differently. It's impossible to not believe something you think you saw. Okay. Shelly has black hair. Do you believe me? No. No. So say, somebody says Shelly has black hair. You say, no, she's a redhead. And you, no, she's not. Well, she, and you would argue. When I ask someone, did you ever see I'm not good enough? Did you ever see life is hard? Did you ever see you'll never get what you want? I have clients in Uganda, in Kuwait, every country around the world, and every single person says yes. That belief will never, will unlikely, possible, you could get rid of a belief tripping over a stone. <laughs> you, know, you might have some life-altering experience. But as long as you think you saw that, it's true. When you get anything you could see has a color, shape, and location. You can't see I'm not good enough. You can't see life is hard. You could see your parents saying life is hard, struggling, not being able to pay the bills. You can see that, but you can't see life is hard. You could see failing every grade in school, but you can't see I'm stupid. Mm. You can see, and, and what we do is we look at alternative interpretations that you couldn't see as a child that you can see now, right? We start with the belief and there's a way to, to find out if you have a belief or you don't. And then we, we validate it. Of course, that's what you concluded. You're a little kid. Your whole world is... Your, your family. So you don't know that there are wealthy people in another part of town. All you know is my parents can't pay the bills. So I guess money is scarce and hard to get. And That's when how I, I grew up. Interesting. And so I, I'm about to do a course with learning strategies. I just finished one. I'm going to do one on money, money beliefs. And the beliefs that you have block you from the possibility, right? So you behave consistently. If you think money is scarce and hard to get, you're gonna hold on to it. You're not gonna take risks. You're not gonna invest. You're gonna take jobs for little pay. There's a lot of things that you'll do because you have that belief. And what's so powerful is, first of all, you also have to know the specific beliefs that underlie a specific pattern because we have a million beliefs and some serve us and some don't. But when you get, when people get, I never saw that I wasn't good enough or I, I'm not important. I saw my parents working all the time. I saw them not pay attention to me. I saw, you know, yesterday, the youngest of nine. Nobody ever listened to her. Nobody ever asked her her opinion. And when she spoke, they went, oh yeah, that's, they just, and she had the belief, I'm not important. What I have to say is not important. My opinion doesn't matter. We did that in one session. She saw her family treat her a certain way. But the only place the beliefs existed was in their minds. They mm. made that up. Like Santa Claus. Hmm. Okay. So I just want to get a little more granular with, 
I don't even think we define what a belief is by definition. Yeah, like, we did at the beginning. What What is it again? Just so that, just yeah. to re, because that's yeah. been a lot there. So, oh, I know there's a lot. To yeah. Have. So just and to I, kind of refresh, like yeah. what is the belief exactly? Okay. And that's a great thing to bring in now, Lance, because I, I read things that people write who are teachers trying to teach people how to eliminate a belief. I have no money. That's a pattern. And I'm going to tell you the difference. This is great. A, a difference between a pattern and a belief. A belief is a statement about reality that we believe is the, that we think is the truth. I believe that Donald Trump is, is a great man. I believe that. Or I believe he's not. I believe he's a sociopath. Or I believe he, you know, we have very strong beliefs. And a belief is what you think is true, right? I believe that friendship, I, I believe everything is relationship in life. If you have, if you're related to the person, I don't care what the circumstances, it's going to make a difference. That's a belief I have, right? People, so a belief is a statement about reality that you actually think is the truth. It's not wishy-washy. It's not maybe. We have a lot of things where we'll say, well, I'm not sure, you know, or yeah, I think he's a good guy. And I tell you he's not. And you go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. But a belief is what you believe to be true. A pattern is observed. Belief is not. I can see you procrastinate. I'm watching a video and you're putting things off. You're not doing what you're playing with your phone. I'm watching you procrastinate. I can see you have a fear of public speaking, like you're nervous, you're up there, you could, you know, you can't always tell, but you can, you can, you can observe a pattern, right? Or you can observe yourself having a fear of public speaking. Um, a pattern is, I can observe you not speaking up. You know, you, I've been in 12 meetings with you and you haven't said anything yet. So patterns are what you want to get rid of. Beliefs is a means to an end. Right. If you just get rid of beliefs, but you don't get rid of all the beliefs underneath the pattern, the pattern won't go away. So you take a pattern like fear of public speaking. There are 11, I think it's 11 beliefs and conditionings. It's the only pattern that's the same for every person. That's why I stopped doing it. I mean, it's not that I don't do it, but we don't niche it anymore because I thought I was going to jump out the window. I was so bored because it's the same beliefs. You know, it's not like I get to be a detective and, hmm, I wonder what you believe. Although after 30 years, mostly it's pretty obvious. So you want to get rid of all those beliefs so the pattern goes away. And that's what makes what I do a science where you have to look at what beliefs are going to be the most uh, impactful where you, and, and I like when people have sessions once a week, because then from week to week, you go, Oh, like just now I worked with a, a college student right before our interview. And she said, I went to the gym. There were a lot of people there and I didn't feel anxious. And she was cute. She said, I got off the treadmill to get a tissue and blow my nose. And I didn't feel like self-conscious. And she just eliminated what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me and a bunch of others. So patterns and beliefs. So what is actually happening when someone goes from a belief to getting rid of it? Like in the brain, like what is actually happening? Okay. So I'm that that's too long a conversation. Okay. We've done some research okay. about that, but I'll give you a simple. I like one. to ask all the. <laughs> I know you're so good. I, I'm like, I, you're pulling out everything I got. You're eight years old. And for eight years, you believed that there was a Santa Claus. And suddenly you look at Santa Claus and you go, this happened in my family. It was very funny. My niece, that's my dad. And your mom turns around and she goes, honey, there's no Santa Claus. You know, all those guys on the corners, 
they're hired, that's your dad, no Santa Claus. In that moment, what happens to your belief in Santa Claus? Oh, it's a terrible moment. <laughs> but what happens to, yes, but what happens? Well, you don't belief? believe in him anymore. Well, you, yeah, you just. You don't believe in him anymore. Gone. Yeah. Will it ever come back? No. Because you saw there's no Santa Claus. Uh, I see. So whatever happens in your brain is that's not true. Right. You know, it's like if I remember I used to use this metaphor, I used to have an iPod touch. Mm -hmm. So before I got a phone, I had an iPod touch. And I used to say to people here, you want to make a call on this? And they reach for, reach for it and say, sure, I, I'll make a call. And then I say, no, it's an iPod touch. And they go, what do you mean? I said, you can't make a call on this. It does this, this, and this. And they go, oh, I thought I saw an iPhone, but it wasn't. It was an iPod touch. Now, tomorrow, when you come in, are you going to pick that up and make a call on it? No. No. Because you saw it's not an iPhone. It doesn't make phone calls. So oh, okay, I see. Fun. Yeah, it makes sense. So when a belief goes away, you just operate whatever happens in your brain. Your brain now says, oh, that's not a water bottle. It's a piggy bank that just looks like a water bottle. But this doesn't open. And there's a slot in here and there's coins in it. So mm. your brain actually shifts what it, what it sees as true. You know, my husband used to say, if we had electromagnetic eyes, we wouldn't see this as solid. And we'd put our hands through it. I mean, I could go really, really, no, really I, I know, but I want to stay in what's useful to people. For sure. Because it's not just a philosophical conversation. This is, this is life altering stuff. Yeah, exactly. We want people to be able to walk away and be able to understand what you do and be able to, you know, work with you if, if they feel called to do so. And what I would like to get into is kind of like to kind of work towards wrapping it up here because I want to respect your time is around obviously the world that we're in right now. There's a lot of beliefs. There's a lot of chaos in people's minds. And what have you seen has been like the biggest pattern that people have had as far as beliefs go and have you seen people start to like get a better understanding and work through that or has it been a, I guess my question is like has this whole two years really have you seen a lot of like really challenging beliefs with fear has it like amplified a lot or has it always just kind of been the same? Like walk us through the last two years as far as like the work that you do and if you've seen an increase in how people's beliefs are towards fear and, you know, doom and gloom. Yeah, it's so interesting, Lance, because the answer is no, I haven't. It's really bizarre. I, I don't have people who call me and say, I'm terrified, can you help me? I mean, maybe those people are just not calling me, I don't know, but I would think, you know, I said I had the best year last year I ever, I mean, people were home, they had time for sessions, you know, yeah. uh, but, but the problems were the same. Mm. And, and I will address it from another standpoint of how to deal with it. But I, I do wanna also say, I have a product, uh, which I'll tell you about. So you're not, you know, it's not that you just have to work with me because that's not an option for a, a lot of people or some people. So I will give you another option. But I want to say that your beliefs determine how you are dealing with COVID. So I have a friend who is, is triple vaccinated, wears a mask, you know, she's constantly worried when we go to part friends' houses that were are my pod, right? She'll sit by the door and have the door open. And, and I'm like, 
<laughs> nothing's going on. I'm like in my own la-la land because I always believe I'm going to be fine. Everything's going to turn out. Life is good. Me too. I just have those beliefs. So I operate differently. However, because I'm not going to obviously work with all your listeners, I want you to know that there is something that you could do to have this not be a terrifying time. So again, when you feel fear, ask yourself, what just happened? I listened to the news. Number one, cut down your time that you listen to the news. It is fear-mongering. They want you to be scared. They want that it's it's newsy, it's juicy, it's 10,000 people died. Well, guess what? 3 million thousand didn't, you know? They don't get on every day and go, you know, 8 million people in New York didn't die today. They tell you how many did. So stop listening to the news. And if you listen to public radio, you know, you'll get a little snippet, you'll be informed. But every time something happens, you say, oh, what just happened? I just heard those breakthrough cases or this many people died or so-and-so died. What meaning did I give that? I'm going to die. I'm going to get sick. Well, it could mean that. And it could mean that you're not, that you're healthy or that you have good beliefs or that, you know, of all the people who die, most of them are overweight, you know, obese, have health challenges. You know, most people who die have compromised immune system. Mm -hmm. So instead of worrying about COVID, get rid of the meaning. It could mean that I have to start taking care of my immune system better. Exercise, be positive, do, I'm gonna tell you what I think you go to, momentary shift changer besides what I'm telling you to do is gratitude. Just get, get into gratitude, close your eyes, think really, but really get it. Does I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Really get, I am so grateful that I have food in my refrigerator, a roof over my head. I live in a country where I'm free. If you're a woman, particularly, you know, um, I'm healthy, I have kids who are healthy, whatever you have to be grateful for. You can't be unhappy and grateful in the same moment. It's impossible. But going back to this, the fact that all of this is happening does not have meaning. Oh, I didn't make the most important distinction. Consequences versus meaning. There are consequences in life lean out the window, you'll fall out, you know, treat somebody badly, they may break up with you. There are consequences. So COVID has consequences. People are sick, people are dying. You need to take it seriously. You know, be careful if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, do whatever vaccinated. I don't wanna, I'm being very careful here. <laughs> what I talk about. Yeah, say whatever, you know. Vaccinate that conversation is ripping families apart. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. So there are a lot of there's a lot of consequences, but the fact that it's happening doesn't mean that it's always going to be like this. It doesn't mean you're going to get sick. It doesn't mean you're going to die. It has no meaning. We don't know anything for sure because it happens. Now, what are consequences? If I don't wear a mask and I go to a party and people are whatever, I may get sick. That's true. It doesn't mean you'll get sick. My girlfriend went to Mexico for some friend's birthday with, I think there were 10 people, six, she left. She sat on people's laps in the car because she's little. She was with them at parties. She's, and when they were indoors, they didn't wear masks six people got COVID. She did not. So the fact that the six, now she could have said, oh my God, six people got COVID. Oh my God. But she didn't give it that meaning. She said, I have a strong immune system. I'm vaxxed. I'm good. And she came home, took a test and she's fine. So that's how you get through this. The fact that you're not working 
that your business closed. I go down Union, Union Street in San Francisco. Lance, you could cry. It's so sad. So many stores are closed. So again, I'm not minimizing the effects or the consequences that COVID has. But even if your business goes under, if you give it no meaning, then you can look at possibilities. Maybe I'll start an online business. I'll go sell things on Amazon. I'll join in a multi-level marketing. I'll do, there's always a way out, always. And when you think things are so dark and you go down the rabbit hole, nothing's going to turn out. But if you say, wait a minute, the fact that that happened, and if I could do this with my husband's death, when I didn't want to get out of bed, grief is normal. I cried, I grieved. But when I didn't want to get out of bed, I would stop and say, Shelly, what meaning are you giving his death? I'm never going to be happy again. Well, is that true? It could mean you're never going to be happy again. And it could mean you're going to have a whole second act. So the fact that he died has no inherent meaning. I don't know anything for sure about my life or me or whatever. Then I got out of bed. So the worst circumstances, if you do this, I'm not saying it's not horrible. I'm not saying there aren't terrible things that happen in the world. But if you don't give it meaning, I'll give you one last two second story. I had a client who had an 11 year old kid, she had violent stomach ache. She took her to the hospital. She started to get panicky and she stopped and she, she's, she was in our occurring course and she stopped and said, what meaning am I giving that, she, that she's very sick, that something terrible is happening? What else could it mean? Could mean she has gas, but what does it really mean? It has no meaning. We don't know anything for sure. She went to the hospital. They were in the hospital for six hours. After six hours, doctor comes in and says, she's fine, take her home with whatever, nothing. Her 11-year-old kid said, mommy, thank you for not being scared because you weren't scared. I wasn't scared. Saved herself six hours of aggravation and scaring her kid. And she was able to do that because she didn't give meaning. Now, let's assume they came in and said something is wrong. Well, what meaning does that? My husband was diagnosed with fourth stage colon cancer. And he said, it has no meaning. We don't know if I'm going to live or die. And it didn't. And then he made certain choices and died. But those were the choices and the consequences of his choices. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's probably challenging to share sometimes. I, yeah, yeah I lost my dad to stage four pancreatic cancer. So I, I, I it's, it's never easy, but I, I love your perspective and I really appreciate this conversation. And this was really, really powerful. Yeah, I'm sorry, was, Dad. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. but yeah. it's all part of life. And I, yeah, thank you. Where where can we find you? Where can we learn oh, more about you? So we have a we have a product called Natural Confidence, and it's 19 of the most common self esteem beliefs, including mistakes and failures are bad and all that. It also helps you get rid of uh, fear of uh, criticism and rejection. Fear, uh, sorry, criticism and judgment not living up to an expectation and rejection. It's very, very powerful. It's very inexpensive. If you go to the, if you go to recreateyourlife.com and you eliminate a belief for free and you say, oh my God, that was amazing. You could, you could get natural confidence or you could contact me. So it's leftcoinstitute.com is our website where you could find out everything, but recreate your life is the website where you get the free belief. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was oh my awesome. God, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, was fun. I really appreciate it. I could talk to you all day. This was, this was really great. And I know that everybody will get so much out of this. So thank you again so much, Shelly. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. Thank you. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. You're Thanks, welcome. everybody. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Shelly's work. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast, Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you are watching us on YouTube, subscribe there, hit the bell. If you do want to support the show, 
Make sure to leave us a review on Apple if you got value or other ways you can support the show is you can go to lance.esios on my Instagram and you can purchase the warrior embodiment course, which helps go to obviously my mission and helping keep this show going and keeping the cost down and all of that. And most importantly, helping you embody the true warrior spirit in all aspects of your life. I can, can't do this without you guys, and I appreciate all your support. So if you can support the show, however you can, great. If not, I just hope that you enjoyed this, and I hope you got value from this. All right? Much love. We will catch you next time.